What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Morning Grind here, presented by Roto Grinders. I'm Grant Neifer, a.k.a. Turk Ferguson, filling in for Stevie this week, filling in for Stevie next week. I think he's on vacation. He's a busy, busy bee, so he deserves it. But it's me here. We're breaking down week 10 of the NFL, early week podcast. Remember, this is Wednesday, so new news can come out. We do the best with what we've got, but we're giving you an early preview to everything. I'm joined here by one of my buddies, Blender. How are you doing over there? Good. Just got back from the dentist, so uh, my my face is getting a little bit more feeling left. So if I slur a couple of words, you'll know why. Yeah, I had a, gla- a bottle of wine last night, so if I slur a couple of words, that, that means there's probably just something wrong with me because it's been like 18 hours. But in any case, we got some football to break down. And side note, I have near-perfect teeth. Dentist told me last time. Don't know how. Take terrible care of myself. But... Genetics are a wonderful thing. We got a big slate here. We got a wonderfully prepared slate. Six games in the afternoon. Haven't seen this. I don't know if I've ever seen this. Like, does this Yeah, happen? I mean, we actually have some, like, you could play the early and the late and still have enough games. And there's late swap opportunities. And just from entertainment sakes, we don't get the, you know, oh, it's 4 o'clock and it's red zone. And, like, oh, I guess we're going to the Jets-Patriots game because there's nothing else going on. Yeah, yeah, no, super excited to watch it on Sunday. Going to have a fantastic day, smoking up some ribs, playing some football. It's going to be fantastic. But let's get to breaking down this slate here. We got Washington, the football team, versus Detroit. Did not mess that up. Trying to do Stevie proud here. I think it's 46 total on certain sites. It's not showing up now. Not all sites have the number up. What do you have it for? I have 46 and a half with the the Lions as a a three-and-a-half point favorite. And uh, with uh, them playing in a dome, obviously, you know, we're getting to the colder weather weeks where, you know, playing indoors does help. But, I mean, we see these totals. Uh, We have 11 games, and this total is the third lowest, even at 46 and a half. So, uh, especially with uh, Patricia's, uh, you know, he he likes running the ball a lot. Uh, And Washington, it's not like with Alex Smith, you expect a shootout here. I can see using pieces. I mean, Marvin Jones, I mean, you you have upside there with the, you know, touchdowns at 5,200 on DraftKings. I think Amendola, you need like a, like a, like a floor play, right? I don't, I don't see Amendola getting 20 plus points, but you know, he's, he's, he's getting targets, you know, six, seven targets, have a nice uh, PPR 12 point type of day, maybe for cash games. And then, uh, then on the other side, you have uh, Terry McLaurin and, Terry McLaurin could always put up 100 yards and a touchdown in any matchup. So uh, I'm not necessarily looking at this game as, as stackable necessarily, but I think there are pieces that are interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I think Amendola is a great piece at 3.9K. You say it's more of a floor play than a ceiling pay, play, but at 3.9K, like 10 targets last game. With games without uh, Galladay this season, I think he has 7, 7, and 10 targets. So he's been – a decent a dot surprisingly enough which is not something we're used to with him large amount of volume for 3.9k like i see consistency here and i actually do see a bit of upside like he still has not gotten into the end zone he breaks one off and he has a chance like last week he breaks one of those off gets 100 the 100 yard bonus and a touchdown for another 23 yards he's he's at 26 points i think so i'm a little bit higher on amandola than you are but right there with you with uh mclaurin Absolutely love him in every single matchup, every single time. 
Like, guy is probably going to end up with close to 20 points in any given matchup. I think he's drastically undervalued every single week. Really like him here. Uh, what do you think about the running game here? I mean, Adrian Peterson seems to be getting less and less carries. Swift is being decently heavily involved. He's sitting there at 5.1K. And then Gibson, I believe, missed practice today. Um, chance that he doesn't end up playing this weekend. We got McKissick sitting there at 4.9K. Played 83% of the snaps last week. He's probably going to be more in the game because he's better receiving back. And Alex Smith is now in there. Obviously, got to worry about that leg a little bit. So they might be dumping the ball off a bit more. What do you think about McKissick or Swift in this spot? Well, I mean, I mean, they're cheap running backs. We're going to get to a game that is going to have the chalkiest cheap running back of, of the entire season pretty much on DraftKings and probably on FanDuel as well. So, like, I don't see playing Swift or McKissick or any of these types of guys, like, as a replacement for Mike Davis. But if you want to build lineups that have two cheap running backs, like – yeah, as long, if if they get in the end zone, if you get 15 points out of them, that 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 may be enough. I just I just don't see as the third lowest total game, as 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 the type of game where I'm looking to load up on, like bits and pieces, secondary correlations. But I don't think I'm playing Stafford. I don't think I'm playing Alex Smith. I don't think I'm stacking these teams up. But uh, but obviously with, with that comes low ownership. So like Terry McLaurin with the wide receiver options we have on this slate. He's probably going to go under 10% owned at 6,800 and he could put up 30 points. So like the running backs I could see, but like, like Mike Davis at 4k, like it, his median is going to be higher than most of these guys, like 70th percentile outcomes. So if you want to play them together, sure. But I, I'm not sure about replacing them. Yeah, I think a good call is, like, if Gibson does end up missing, playing McKissick as your RB2 and then throwing an Amendola on the other side there, hoping that the the Lions get out to a little bit of a lead. And then you can kind of stack up the Buffalo game, for instance, and throw in Diggs and uh, Hopkins and, and either Murray or Allen. So I think that's kind of the way that you end up throwing those pieces in. Let's move on to the next game here. We got Jacksonville. Huge dog going up against the Packers. Jacksonville only 18 implied total. It looks like we're probably going to end up with Luton in there again. Rodgers going up against the worst defense in the league. Let's start off with the Jacksonville side first. Any interest in anything here? Like, I know Green Bay has a not great rush defense. Robinson's been getting a huge snap share all season. Been getting tons of rushes. Like, Chark has been fantastic with Luton in the one-game sample size. A lot of that came on one play. Anything on the Jacksonville side that you're really looking to go for cash or tournaments? I think, I mean, I'm not in the business of playing a 14-point underdog running back at 6,600. I mean, and obviously their, their, their passing game could go to multiple receivers. I could only see playing Jacksonville in lineups where I'm playing like Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams. Like, I, I, I don't see... Uh, the likelihood in this game where Jacksonville wins, like outright, where, you know, yeah, multiple of their pieces will pay off. So the only the only chance of, of a close game is, well, obviously Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams have ceiling games, and Jacksonville stays close. So one of these guys, Keelan Cole, Chenault, Jark, some, someone, Conley, but who knows who's it's going to be. So, like – like Robinson with Thompson back, I'm not convinced is going to get ton of passing work and his touchdown equity is going to be low in a game where they're the biggest underdog on the slate. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I feel like I don't really need to use anyone from the Jacksonville game. There's a lot of high totals on the slate, a lot of good spots. And I would be looking at Chenault or Cole if I needed some value here. But with Mike Davis on the slate and with a few other cheap options, I'm not really sure I need to be there. On the other side, though, even in a huge, huge uh, blowout potential game, Rodgers going up against Jacksonville, Adams is pretty much, even at 9K, a just fantastic play. So everyone's going to be able to pay up for him. He already has four games of his six over 30 points, two games over 40 points. I don't really care how much he's going to be owned. I'm probably going to be overweight on him. I'm probably going to be overweight on Rodgers. I'm going to have a decent amount of Jones. Are you kind of on the same page as me? Uh, not at these prices. I mean, I'm looking at the opposite end of the spectrum. Alan Lazard is back. And I'm not saying that I'm going to play Alan Lazard. But Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams' ceilings are tied to touchdowns. Okay, so Adams could have a 10 for 150 game and without a touchdown and have 25 points. Same for Aaron Jones. He could have a 100-yard game with no touchdowns. Uh, Jamal Williams is probably going to be back. And we've seen plenty of times where, you know, looks like an Aaron Jones smash spot, and then he's essentially getting 50% of the work with Jamal Williams. I'm not saying that these are bad plays. They're the big, they have the highest total on the slate, the biggest favorite on the slate. It's a very condensed offense through Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. That's where most of the touchdown equity is. But depending on what the ownership states uh, shakes out to be, come Saturday, listening to Jamino and his hamster wheel, uh, I mean, there, there are legitimate ways to fade these players. And the Packers put up 28 points. And it's through Rob, Robert Tanyan on the goal line, you know, where Jamal Williams rushes it in. And while the Packers get there, uh, Adams and Jones put a great floor game. Like if you play them in cash games, you'd be like, okay, I'm happy with 23 points. But they may not be necessary on a GPP winning line. Yeah, they may not be. I still think I'm going to be overweight on Adams, maybe with the field with Jones. But I, I just like – it's the matchup with how well Adams has been – doing yes he got a price increase over the last few weeks and he's sitting there at 9k but i still don't know if that's expensive enough in this matchup in a different matchup i might be there with you but weather doesn't look terrible over in green bay it may be raining but we'll have to wait and see kind of where that goes it looks like as of right now uh rain shouldn't be coming or shouldn't really be there when the by the time the game starts and it'll probably be around 40 degrees which rogers can play fantastic in the cold weather. So I'm higher on Adams. I'm probably right there with you. Jones. Don't know if I'm going with any other pieces in the spot. It's mostly just Adams for me and some Rogers, but let's move on to the next game here. Got a little bit of injury news that we have to wait on, but as of right now, David Johnson is being held out with his concussion. It's Wednesday. Things can change, especially with concussions. We'll know as the game gets closer, especially since it's an early game, but we have the potential for Duke Johnson to be the, bell cow back in this spot or at least close to it uh let's start with cleveland first though chubb might be back might not be back so something we need to watch out for but looks like he's slowly trending towards being on track to play haven't seen them in two weeks two weeks ago it was that bad wind game so a lot of those numbers we don't really know with their first game without obj are you looking at anything in this passing game how is the chubb news going to affect who you want to play in this spot where are you looking at over on cleveland well, I think if Chubb's back, it, like, ruins the value for Kareem Hunt at 6,700. I mean, I don't mind playing Kareem Hunt with him being the only running back. 
But I mean, they didn't price Chubb down. He's 6,800. So like that, neither running back seems appealing, but I mean, this Texans defense isn't very good. And I don't think people are going to go to the passing game here because the Browns are a fairly run heavy first type of team. But I could see we have Austin Hooper coming back at 3,900, fills a tight end spot. Jarvis Landry is getting double-digit targets now at 5,900. And you play May- Mayfield, who's coming off the, 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 the COVID list. Uh, so he'll be available for this game. And then, then the Texans, obviously, you have options on the Texans' side. So I would, love to, I, would, I, I would love to be able to pair these things off by playing a Mayfield, Hooper, Landry with Duke Johnson or with Brandon Cooks or with Will Fuller or do something like that. Uh, and, and if Hunt's, if Chubb's out, I don't mind Hunt either. I mean, I, I, I like this game as a whole, even though many people will look at the Browns and say, well, the clock's going to bleed because of them. Well, maybe I play for an outcome where that doesn't happen. Yeah. And I mean, remember like Hunt or Chubb put up big numbers multiple times with uh, both of them playing in the same game. And when you look at earlier on the season, Cincinnati Hunt had a 24 point outing Chubb we've seen break off massive runs on a fairly consistent basis week two week three he ended up over 24 points so it's within the realm of possibility where one of them ends up getting up getting there so I don't really have a problem with playing either of them just because of the matchup going up against Houston who really doesn't have a great defense but they're not the top tier running backs the top on running backs on the slate I am probably a bit higher on Higgins he only got three targets in the last matchup Landry ended up with 10 but that was I think more because of the win game like they weren't able to throw the ball far. It was mostly running game. It was a low scoring game. I think there's a spot where Higgins could do a little bit more and sitting there at 4.6 K. I think he offers a bit of upside and over on the other side, Houston, like, are you going to play Duke Johnson? Are you just going to double barrel cheap running backs? If David Johnson's out? Well, I mean, who else is going to be running the ball? I mean, what, what do they got? Buddy Howell? I mean, what, what, what what's going to happen? I mean, everyone's been waiting for Duke Johnson bell cow type of role so if uh, if david johnson who was not in practice uh today on wednesday which doesn't bode well for his availability out of the concussion protocol uh like what's what's wrong i mean you have to expect him to get four or five targets out of the backfield and and 20 plus touches and he's five thousand. just from a volume perspective like i like I, I why wouldn't i i would i play him as a replacement for mike davis probably not but as far as double barreling or flex spotting a cheap running back, like who else is going to be playing? He should get the goal line carries. I mean, the only thing that's going to happen is Watson like steals a touchdown or something. So uh, especially with people going to like Mike Davis, Aaron Jones, those types of builds, Chase Edmonds, if Drake is out, like Duke Johnson's ownership may actually be lower than he should be in this spot. Yeah, man, I completely agree. I'm right there with you. Duke Johnson gives you a nice little floor with his receiving upside. He should end up with five, six targets in this spot here. Had four last week, five the week before. And so I, I, I like him in this spot. I, I will use a decent amount of him. As for the receiving game, like Cooks and Fuller are fine, but they're not guys I really want to go with. Fuller would probably be my preference just because he's had a touchdown in six straight. I don't know if that trend continues, but Still, at 6.7K with his ability to break off a big reception at any given time. I don't mind using him. On to the Philly versus New York game. We got a 44.5 total. 
Shepard, I think, was held out of practice today or limited, so we have to watch that. But this is just a game where I don't really have a ton of interest. We'll start with the Giants side of it. Freeman might be out. I don't know if I want to mess with Deion Lewis or Gallman with so many cheap options here. Receiving game, I don't know if I really want to go with any of them with so many mouths to feed. You got Tate, you got Shepard, you got Slayton, you got Ingram, like lots of plays go around. Philly's defense hasn't been bad so far this year. Is there anyone you really want to use to the Giants? I mean, Ingram, because he fits a tight end slot and tight end is usually, you know, hey, anyone can get a touchdown or two touchdowns or something. He's been getting targets, so I, I, I have no problem with that, but it's the lowest total game on the slate. I'm not stacking this game up or anything. Yeah, what about over on the Philly side? I mean, it looks like, uh, what's his name? Sanders is on track to play right now. Again, it's early on the week. We have to wait on it. But the Giants haven't really been great versus running backs all season long. They could be out in a lead, although the Giants have been playing better recently. Fulgham is getting a little bit of a price increase, but he's been pretty good so far. Rhaegar coming in here at probably too cheap at 4.2K. Goddard, I believe, is coming back or is on track to come back here and sitting there at 4.2K on a slate where we don't have a ton of tight end options that we really like. I think for me, it's probably the cheaper options in Rhaegar and Goddard for me, especially Goddard. And then I don't mind using Miles Sanders in this spot. No, I think Miles Sanders is going to come in at low ownership at 6,400 on DraftKings. And now with, now with Philadelphia starting to get healthier – like, I'm assuming that a lot of some of these targets and some of the work is going to lean more towards the guys coming back and not the Fulgums. And, uh, and so, like, Miles Sanders could – I mean, he could catch six balls out of the backfield. He has the touchdown work. The question comes into uh, – this is ambiguity. People may stray away from this coming back from injury going, well, maybe they'll just mix him in with Boston Scott or something. You know, like that – like, oh, maybe he gets 50% of the work. But, I mean, Sanders could show up with 80% of the work and destroy his price tag. They are favored. It's a 24 implied total. It's, it's like I said, not a game I'm stacking up or anything. But uh, if Sanders comes in at, you know, 5% ownership, I don't, I don't see a reason why not to use some of them. Yeah, and if people are worried about Boston Scott taking some of the workload, we've had this scenario before. We've literally had almost this exact same scenario against L.A. in week two. Like, Sanders coming off injuries. All right, we don't know how much he's going to get actual workload. Dude had 20 touches and seven targets. Like, I, I think that they just let him in. He's been out for a few weeks. He should be all right here. Like, I think this is a spot where he's a great play for his price tag if he gets a full workload. And if they're going to be low ownership because people are actually worried about that, I'm definitely going to be over the field on that. I just – I'll wait and see where projections look for ownership. But this could be a fantastic spot for him. On to the next game here. We got Tampa Bay. By the way, how great was that Sunday night game? And by great, I mean horrible, but great to watch. I don't, I don't care what Tom Brady did horrible or anything like that. I you think I care about football? I care about making money. And I, and, and I needed Brady to have a better performance for my showdown one. Yeah, I didn't even play showdown. I was way too exhausted. But I did have a season-long league where I was behind by 0.2 points. And I almost won because Brady was in the negative for most of the game. It was beautiful. But we'll start here with Carolina, Mike Davis. Like, it's a tough matchup here, but we know how good he is. We know what his probable workload is going to be with McCaffrey being ruled out. And he's 4K. Are you just going to lock him in? 
No, of course not. You never lock anyone in. Come on, you you build the lineups that you could build and see there may be uh, viable lineups that don't have them. Uh, I, obviously, in cash games, like, yeah, did Mike Davis at minimum price? He's going to be, what, 85% of the the snaps in the backfield? And, like, I don't care about the Buccaneers' run defense at that point. He's going to be on the field. He's going to be at 13 to 15% of the targets, as well as, like, goal line work. Like, come on, it's 4,000. Uh, his floor is probably 10 to 15. So, like, to me, that's, that's, that's no question. It's just the ceiling. Is he going to be needed in a GPP winning lineup? It's quite possible he will be. I probably will be, have a ton of him. You've made a ton of lineups that could get different elsewhere. But uh, this game has the probably the best leverage play on the slate because of Mike Davis's ownership. And I think that's Robbie Anderson at, at 6,100. He's been getting I – mean, or you could even say DJ Moore if you want. DJ Moore is kind of a boomer bust play, but Robbie Anderson, if Mike Davis ain't getting the targets, like, I mean, Robbie Anderson could have 12 targets in this game. If the Bucks run defense, like, kind of locks Davis down, Davis has a floor game of 12 points, but Carolina is able to keep up in this game. This game has over a 50 total. So, like, Robbie Anderson, the 6,100, could easily pull in a, you know, 11 for 120 and a touchdown, and all these Mike Davis owners are just looking at the 12 points going, okay, it's fine, but – for 4K, I mean, it's it's you got your points, but Robbie Anderson will probably be five percent owned in that case. Like, people are not going to play, probably gonna, not going to play Davis and Anderson in the same lineup. So I'm just looking at if Davis fails, and when I say fail, doesn't mean three points. Fails to put up a ceiling, who benefits in that in that spot? And I I think it's the receivers like Anderson and Moore. Yeah, yeah, no, right there with you. I think Anderson's currently what fifth in targets so far this season. And he's been great all season long, but he still hasn't broken off that big run for a touchdown, I don't think, since week one on the season. Only one receiving touchdown so far. And he's a guy that can absolutely go for a 60-yard gain at any given time for a touchdown here. So I really like that call there. DJ Moore, always a GPP play, just strictly because everyone's on the Robbie Anderson train. And Moore still occasionally has a ceiling game in him. Had a few games of over 19 points so far this season. So we could definitely see that here. Uh, what about over on the Tampa Bay side? Like, are we messing with the running game? Recency bias with Tom Brady going up against the not great uh, Caroline defense. Are we going to see more Antonio Brown doing something? He's sitting there at 5.8K. He's had another, had another week of practice, had an actual game to play with Tom Brady. Didn't do great, but no one for Tampa Bay really did that well last week. Are you looking at any of these pieces over on the Tampa Bay side with 27.75 implied team total? Give, give, give me it all. Give me it all. People are going to be like, Brady's washed. Noodle arm. You know, we have Chop on, on, on Twitter going noodle arm. And, like, why not against the, 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 the Panthers? I mean, uh, I can play Ronald Jones, right? I mean, if, if the Panthers are going to give up a ton in the, in the running game, it's going to be Jones getting that at 5,300. Uh, but if you think this is a competitive game with a shootout, I mean, Brady's 6,300. And you can pair them up. These, these guys aren't expensive anymore. Godwin's 6,000. Evans is 6,300. Antonio Brown's 5,800. Gronk is 4,700. I mean, the problem with Brady is that he spreads it out a lot. But, but I, I could totally see playing a double stacking Brady with two of these guys. And then you could run it back with Mike Davis. So now, now I'm able to play a Mike Davis lineup that – you know, isn't going to be as, as, as popular because people are playing it as a one-off or a secondary correlation. You know, they're playing a Davis Godwin type of lineup. And I, and I got the full stack. 
So, like, let's go. You know, Brady gets pissed off, and he's able to count downs now. And, and I mean, they have a high t- – nearly a 28 implied total. Uh, I mean, it's not something that I'm going to invest, like, half my money into, but I think people are going to stay away. They're going to play Davis in this game and then not really play anyone else. And, and I, I think that you could take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, no, right there with you. I mean, Brady may have a noodle arm, but – when you ha- when you're working with what first ballot Hall of Famer potentially in Brown, if you don't count his off field stuff, Mike Evans, Godwin, who could end up being Hall of Famers, like this offense just has so many weapons. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball there. Any competent quarterback, which Brady maybe have a noodle arm, but he's still a competent quarterback. I, I I'm right there with you. Like play any of them you want. Like they're all too cheap, and all of them can have a massive game at any given time. So I mean, Mike Evans prior to last week was getting averaging a touchdown a game pretty much. And so there's definitely upside with all these guys, especially if Mike Evans has a multi-touchdown game where he goes for hundred yards, which we haven't fully seen yet this season. Godwin just haven't seen the huge ceiling game yet either. So I'm right there with you. Let's move on to the next game here. We got Denver going up against the Las Vegas Raiders was where I was going to mess that one up. Still chance I might, but let's start off here with the Raiders 28 implied team total here. It's in a dome. It's over in Vegas. And we look at the pricing for the receiving game, pretty much where it's been at for most of the season. Don't really have a wide receiver on over 5K here for the Raiders. We got Waller, tight end, gives you what you need there going up against Denver. You got Jacobs, who had a little bit of a rough game last week. Could end up with a big game any given time with the amount of volume that he occasionally gets. Had 30 rushes versus Cleveland, had over 20 rushes multiple times this season. Who are you looking at over on the Raiders with this high play total? I think this game you could easily stack. I think Waller's going to be chalk at tight end. So, like, that, let's get that out of the way. Uh, there's really no one else to pay up for. And he's getting, you know, nearly double-digit targets in their passing game. But uh, we, we'll, we may see Judy on the other side with some recency bias, you know, at 5,600, get some ownership. But uh, I think if Drake is out – Jacobs, I, I, I may have three times the field of if, if, if Drake is out. And now you can be like, well, what, what does that matter? Drake is in the other game. Well, if Drake is out, that means Edmonds at 6,300 is going to be chalky. And then you can have Mike Davis at 4,000 be chalky. Those are two running back spots. Aaron Jones, 7,100. He's going to be chalky. Maybe people play Duke Johnson if David Johnson is out at 5K. So that's going to get ownership. Who's playing Josh Jacobs at 6,500? The, the, the Raiders have a 28 implied total and they run the ball and they, they give, they have no problem giving it to Jacobs 30 times some games. And he still can catch balls, two or three balls out of the backfield. And if he's going to come in at like 10, 12% ownership, I think in comparison to an Aaron Jones or to a, to a Chase Edmonds, I think his ceiling is, is nearly as high. So like, and, and, and most of the production goes through Jacobs and Waller. So if you're playing small field GPPs, like, I'll stack this game up from the other way. I'll go Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, Noah, you know, uh, uh, Tim Patrick, or Noah Fant, Waller, Jacobs. I could play a three plus two and just basically give me the whole game. Because, I mean, yeah, Kamler will get something, or Renfro may get a pass. Gordon will have some rushing. But, I mean, if this game goes over a 51 total, I mean, we could kind of pick out who's, who it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. Although, something you should remember – Booker, revenge? Is it revenge? 
against the Broncos. Who cares about revenge games? Huh? I mean, the guy had a 12-point outing last week. Well, he was on the field. He happened to be on the field to get the touchdown when Joe and he wasn't when Jacobs wasn't on the field. Yeah, I know. Don't do not play Booker. Play play Jacobs. I'm just messing with all you guys. What about over there on the other side? Locke obviously had a massive game last week. Came back in uh, in garbage time the week before against the Chargers. Like, didn't look good the first half in either of those games. Look outstanding the second half. Judy put up a massive game, but it could be anyone else. Fant got injured, if I remember correctly, but should be back this week. Where are you looking at for correlations for the Raiders players and Josh Jacobs, and what are you looking at just as individual players for the Broncos? Well, the Broncos, I mean, like, the, I mean, the Raiders aren't a good defense either. That's why I take a look at this game and go, like, the Broncos probably have a better defense uh, than the Raiders, but the Broncos have, have guys in the secondary out. So, like, people may look at this game and go, eh. I mean, obviously, we have other games that are much more appealing than this. But, I mean, at a, at a 51 and a half total, like, I could see playing, I mean, with the prices. There's no receiver. There's no 7K receiver on these teams, right? The, the, the most expensive guy is a, a running back and a tight end. So, filling these wide receiver slots with, you know, Judy could put up a 30-point game, right? Tim Patrick could have an 80-yard 80, 80 touchdown. Uh, no fans could obviously get, get the ball 10 yards and then bowl over people for another 70. So, like, I think the upside in this game is much higher than people will give it credit for. And compared to the ownership, if I see, yeah, if the ownership was through the roof, then then we don't have to worry about it. But I can't see anyone other than Waller be, be that owned in this game. Yeah, something also to keep in mind, like, Buffalo, Arizona, going to be chalky. Most likely Seattle and the Rams going to be chalky. New Orleans, Mike uh, Thomas might be a little bit chalky. Um, so you can you can make swaps. Like if you got some room to make up after the five-game early slate, you can make swaps over from these other chalky games over to this game here that's probably going to come in at a little bit lower ownership. So it's definitely a week with so many games in the afternoon and with so many chalky games in the afternoon. Like, if you're winning money in the morning, you're probably going to be losing money in the afternoon. So it, it's a definitely something to keep in mind and be ready to pivot off of some of the chalkier games if you got some uh, room to make up for. So I'm right there with you. I think this is game's going to go a little bit underlooked. But let's get to one of the chalkier games on the slate here. We got Buffalo going up against Arizona. We have a, what is it, 57 implied team total. Arizona, 29 implied team total here. Kyler Murray has been fantastic. He gets it done with his legs every single week. Hasn't had a single outing of under 24 points here. He's sitting at 8K right now, going up against the Buffalo team that really hasn't been great on the defensive end here. Hopkins coming off a horrible game here. And we got to watch out for that Drake news. Edmonds did not play great last week, but he also got tons of volumes, huge snap share. So where are you looking at if Edmonds is the guy? What are you looking at if Drake ends up playing? Well, I mean, obviously the highest total on the slate, this is going to be Chalk City. Uh, as far as in GPPs, it's stacking them up and, and all the pieces of this game. At 6,300, Edmonds, if he's going to exceed 28 touches, is, is very underpriced. He probably should be 7,500. That's why we need to see Drake was in practice today. That doesn't mean he's going to play, but we could see throughout the week. Uh, I think on the other side is going to be the most chalkiest uh, combo, Allen plus Diggs. Uh, Diggs projects. I mean, uh, 
Buffalo passes at one of the highest rates in the league, and Arizona plays at one of the fastest paces in the league. So, like, the average amount of plays on both sides are actually going to be positive on average. So, like, I mean... I, I, I mean, I could see stacking this game up in so many different – you could play Allen plus Diggs plus Brown. You could play Murray plus Hopkins plus Brown plus Diggs. You could three plus two it. You could. I know it's an expensive stack, but, I mean, if you had to tell me which game is going to be like 42 to 35 or something, it's, it's, it's probably this game. And you could always throw in a Gabriel Davis. You could always throw in a Dawson Knox into your tight end spot. Right, or you could do the 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 anti, like I'm gonna fade the passing game and and get leverage and play like Zach Moss and go maybe he gets in the end zone twice. He's 5200, so you're not getting really that much of a discount there. But but it could happen. And uh, and if Drake plays, you play Drake and you go well coming off an injury. Maybe people won't play him. And you but those would be like the one offs in other lineups. But other than that, I mean there's. There's no piece in this game that's going to be like under owned, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it, you, absolutely not. And like, you got to realize, yes, all the pieces are expensive, but in the early games, you have Mike Davis, you might have Duke Johnson. You're using 9K for your running back slots right there. So you have tons of money to spend on everything else. So this game for a full stack is not going to be tough to do at all. Like, you can throw in all the expensive parts of this game and still have some money to move around your other spots here. So yeah, over on the Buffalo side, Diggs, Allen, absolutely love that stack. Absolutely love that correlation. And then Beasley or John Brown. I don't have any problem with it. This is, remember, this is Allen playing in good weather because they're in a dome. Josh Allen, just so much better when he's playing in good weather. I mean, we look at the Jets game. We look at the Patriots game. That wasn't the greatest weather in the world. And that was, two of Allen's worst games against Kansas city. It was at home. The weather was all right, but that was a tough matchup. You look at him in the dome versus the Raiders, 25 points. You look at him versus LA in good weather, 30 points, Miami, the jets all over 30 points. And then you look at last week versus Seattle, it was 75. There wasn't much wind. Like he is so much better in good weather, especially with digs in that offense. So yeah, right there with you. This game's fantastic. Stack it up every which way. Let's move on to the Chargers going up against Miami. We got a 48 and a half team implied total here, over under here. Uh, Tua, not that expensive. Herbert, not that expensive. Miami's defense has been really good. Let's start off with the Miami side of it. Preston Williams is now placed on the IR. We have Grant sitting there at just 3K. Again, we have a lot of value on this slate. Are you looking at any of this Miami pass game? Are you looking at any of the run game? I know that we. it looks unlikely that uh, Brita is going to miss this game. I think right now he practiced today, if I remember correctly. But the running game is just a mess regardless. Who are you looking at for the Miami side, if anyone? I think this is the vomit stack of the day. I think this is the – if you want to – if you're going to go for it, uh, the, the vomit stack is on the, the Miami side. Uh, I don't want to deal with the running backs. Like, the only thing that I could see is if, if, they, if they keep Brita out, maybe you take a shot on DeAndre Washington – because he didn't play last week because he, ha- he has to wait a week because of COVID in order to be activated. So you, you have to see if, like, Salvan Ahmed. I'm assuming that they wouldn't bring in DeAndre Washington unless he was going to play. So I could see taking a shot, but we may not even know the news for that. But I, I, ju- I just take a look at the price of the, the, the stack of Tua plus Parker plus Grant. And it's just, like, 
Miami's favored in this game, and they have a 25-and-a-half implied total. Okay, so, I mean, it's not the highest on the board, but you're paying 8K for two wide receivers. Both have big play upside. Tua has rushing upside, and he's cheap. He's under 6K. And then the run back is just easy. Just you play Keenan Allen, right? I mean, like, or you can play a Hunter Henry. Like, the, the positional spots even line up well. And if you want to throw in a Gazicki instead of a Parker or Grant, I, I could see doing that. Uh, and then, obviously, on the running back side for the Chargers, you have to see whether or not Pope's back or Jackson's back. But th- they may be a mess in the backfield also that everyone gets 33% of the work and then not, none of it matters anyway. But I think, uh, I think with Grant and Parker's price being so low uh, and Allen not really being up in price, uh, Allen's going to come in a little bit lower ownership because people are going to want to play like the Seattle wide receivers. Allen comes Buffalo. in low ownership, lower ownership than he should every week. Right, but he shouldn't. He's, he's getting, he gets like 13, 14 targets and he's getting end zone targets and everything. Uh, like I could see this being the cheap stack of the week. The whole yeah. three plus one, the correlation and everything. Yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Like you can do a four-man stack. You can bring back Keenan Allen depending on where the running game goes and go with one of the running backs too. It doesn't matter if Allen goes off for a 20-point game. That's probably going to happen. He's going to get 10 to 15 targets. He's going to get 7 to 10 receptions, and he's going to get 70 to 120 yards roughly, and he has a decent shot at a touchdown. Like Keenan Allen is just fantastic every week. If you don't have the money to pay up for him, Mike Williams is always, always has a chance to go off for a massive game. Like every single week, he's just so big, so physical, and has such downfield and red zone threat that the upside for him is massive. I love this spot here for the Chargers. It's not an easy matchup, and the Dolphins have actually been pretty darn, darn good on defense so far this year. And it's the Chargers. So we know this – one of my favorite bets of the week is Miami minus two and a half. If it gets to that three-point mark, I don't know if I'll end up going there because Chargers just always keep games close. But I think Miami plus – or minus two and a half is one of the best spots of the entire week. Chargers just find a way to blow it every single week here. So I'm going with Miami, but I – I'm right there with you. Stack up the spot. Keenan Allen is probably my favorite wide receiver play on the week again with people going to Diggs, with people going to uh, Hopkins, with people going to Michael Thomas, with people going to Devontae Adams. I love Keenan Allen here, especially where it's easy to pay up for him. All right, let's move on to the next game here. We got San Francisco going up against New Orleans. We got a 49 and a half in total on this one. I think we still need to watch out for the – wide receivers on the COVID list. I think it's been 10 days, so I think most of them will be good. No, I, th- I think I've seen that Bourne is still going to be on the COVID list, but Samuel may be back. Samuel I, no, Ayuk is definite, but Samuel yeah. is injured, so I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Niners. I, 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 for the Niners, to, to me, uh, you play, no matter what, you're playing Brandon Ayuk at 5,700 if you're going to play anyone, personally. Uh, and I mean, it, it, he's at home, he's in a dome. I'll sound like Derek Cardi, but Michael Thomas is seventy four hundred. Yeah, I know that is some a people silly price tag. No, no, well, no, no. Some people are gonna look and go, well, maybe they maybe they're not gonna feed him, right? Maybe they look at the past games and go, maybe Breeze will spread the ball around. You got you got Emmanuel Sanders there, right? You got uh, you got uh, Jared Cook there. There, the Traquan Smith's getting some of it, but he's at home. He's in a dome. It's twenty nine and and a quarter uh, implied total. 
Like I'll play Michael Thomas over Stefan Diggs and I'll just, I'll live. I played Michael Thomas at nearly 10,000 last year and he still made value. So uh, I'm not scared of the Niners defense anymore. Most of their good players are, are out for the season. So it doesn't matter to me. Uh, if Michael Thomas comes in under-owned, I will be over the field on. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, just looking at his games last year, he was averaging 28 points at home uh, outside the playoffs, I think. So last year against the 49ers, he was 8.3K, and he put up 30 points. I'm right there with you. Thomas is a fantastic play. We'll see where ownership comes in, but there's not many ways that he ends up not getting there. We only have a two-game sample size, one of which he didn't play the full game so far this year, and the other one, they were just absolutely blowing out Tampa Bay. They're up 28 or 33 at half, whatever it was. So right there with you with Thomas, right there with you with Iukes. Remember that Kittle is not in this game. Yes, the running backs, you don't know who's going to end up going off. We got Hasty in the mix. I think that there's a chance that Coleman ends up coming back. We got McKinnon in there. So I, I don't know if I'm going with any, the running game. Kamara staying there at 8.2K is not the worst play in the world in any given spot. But Thomas being back definitely eats into a lot of his passing game work. So – it's mostly Michael Thomas for me, which is weird in this game. Any interest in Breeze at all? Uh, it's kind of hard on this slate. I mean, do, do I think they're gonna, that he's going to throw for four touchdowns? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. I think I'd much rather play Brady if I had to choose between two old quarterbacks. Uh, but he's at home. He's in a dome. He can't count out Drew Breeze at any point. He put up 40 points against his team last year, but that was one of the best games of the season, in my opinion. So I don't think I'm using Breeze. I think it's mostly just Thomas for me here. Maybe a little sprinkle of Kamara. But, yeah, that's just where I'm at right now. Don't fade Thomas at this price tag. Next up, we got Seattle versus the Rams here. Seattle with, so far, the worst pass defense in the history of the NFL. Goff, not really a guy that I like to target too much. Hasn't put up a massive game yet this year outside of the one he had against Buffalo, and that still wasn't that big and mostly reliant on a rushing touchdown. But, this is Seattle. They're a favorite. Like the Rams, I, I have to use Cup. I have to use Robert Woods. I'm going to use Josh Reynolds, who is getting eight, nine targets the last two games, being heavily involved in the offense here against this horrible Seattle pasty. I don't know if I want to mess with the running backs, but I'm, I'm going to be heavy on this, and I have a feeling I'm not going to be alone. I'm not sure about that. I, we really have to see what the ownership is going to be here because – uh, the Rams are actually favored in this game by, by a point and a half, it looks like. Uh, I could see the receivers for Seattle being somewhat popular, but also we're going to get this narrative all week of how do you play DK Metcalf against Jalen Ramsey, right? I mean, how do you play DK Metcalf against Tredavious White? Do we not realize that DK Metcalf is a freak of nature and it doesn't matter who he's lined up against? So I know he's 7,600 and Lockett's 6,500. But is it going to happen again where people are like, well, Lock, got to play Lockett at 6,500, and Metcalf has a 30-plus point game. Uh, and I don't know what people are going to see into Jared Goff because uh, people don't like rostering him. And the Rams tend to be much more run-heavy. So if the Rams come out to a lead, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bleed plays in this game. So I think the better way to stack this game is to assume that the Seahawks are ahead and and play it accordingly and because and, and, woods and, and cup have been priced up woods is 6600 cup is 6900 it's gonna be hard to double stack at those prices so maybe take one of them like i'm more likely to make this a secondary correlation or use russell wilson because i think actually russell wilson is going to be slightly under owned 
because people are going to go to Kyler Murray. They're going to go to Josh Allen. They're going to go to Aaron Rodgers even. Uh, so I think I'm more likely to single stack and do like the, the Wilson Metcalf cup type of skinny stack. Maybe. I mean, this is, I'm, this is Wednesday. Who knows? I'll do the ASA show tomorrow. I may have a different opinion. And by Saturday, I may be playing something completely different. Without ownership, it's kind of hard to, to gauge which direction to go. I just, get a, I, just, I just get a sneaky suspicion that this game is going to be under-owned. It's going to be owned, but like I think Buffalo, Arizona is going to suck a lot more ownership than we think. Yeah, yeah you might be right there. But I think, I, I think that you can do a Wilson, a Metcalf, a Cup, and a Woods. Like – Oh, why would you do that? What, play two six K receivers without the quarterback? Then you might as well play golf. Then I mean, look at golf. Look at what he did last year against Arizona. He put up four hundred yards, and yet did not. It, he wasn't really taking down a tournament score with twenty five points. Like we've seen him on multiple occasions. He hasn't had over what twenty five points in. I don't know. He's had it once or twice in the last. Here he hasn't gotten to the 30 points. We have guys like Kyler Murray who can run the ball a ton. We got guys like Russell Wilson who can put up 35 points. There's a lot of different guys that can end up putting up 35 plus points. We have the cheap running backs that we can throw in our lineup in Duke Johnson and in Mike Davis. So we have the extra money where we can spend up for Allen, for Wilson, for Kyler. I don't mind throwing them in there and then like if I throw Wilson in, I'm fine with throwing in Woods and Cup over on the other side because if Wilson gets out to a decent lead and the Rams are forced to throw the ball, then Woods and Cup could end up with a large amount of points and Daryl Henderson can end up snaking the ball. Cup had 22 targets last week. Like, he didn't get a touchdown, and he still had 22 points. We've seen multiple times Woods putting up a big outing. Like, last week's a yeah, perfect – he threw, threw 60 times. Come on, that's not going to happen again. 60, 60 passes? it very well could end up being somewhat close to that. We look at last season multiple times. The last three weeks of the season, he almost averaged 50. Okay, that, but that's but that's why you play golf with the two. I can't see playing two 6K receivers without the quarterback. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, If they're going to get touchdowns, let's say they both get touchdowns, and golf gets the touchdown. So why wouldn't I want him? Because you can play Wilson, you can play Allen, you can play Kyler Murray, like with their rushing upside. It's – if Goff goes for 400 yards and three touchdowns, is he the highest scoring quarterback on the slate? For his price, sure he is. He's 6,500. Are we sure about that? Because Wilson can go for 35 points. Allen can go for 35 points. Kyler Murray can go for 40 points. They, they could. They could go for 70 points. They could but, go for 114 points. We could, we could make up numbers all we want. I mean, if you're playing two 6K wide receivers in a large field GPP, you're playing them for 30 points each. So if, if Cups and Cup and Woods get 30 points each, how does, how does Goff not have at least 30 points? Yeah, but Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and Russell Wilson all have 35-point upset. They've done it th each. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make up the five points by I have those. Who has, who has those two receivers in my lineup? I'm probably playing the lineup that has more leverage. So who cares? Well, I'm just saying Russell Wilson on the other side can beat Goff by about five, six points, and you correlate him with Metcalf and bring it back with two wide receivers. I guess small field GPPs, I guess you could do it. Yeah. I mean, my, my basic thought process is if I'm playing Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, that they're going to go for a massive rushing game and a high pace game. So I don't need necessarily two of their wide receivers. I could go just Hopkins, just Diggs, or I could go something else. That, that, that's kind of my thought process. I'm not Anything saying don't – yeah, it's 
I mean, it, you, with the cheap running backs, you might have a little bit of extra money to throw around. So just swapping up to Wilson, swapping up to Allen, swapping up to Kyler based on how things kind of turn out. But yeah, good points. Let's move on to the last game of the slate here. We got Cincinnati going up against Pittsburgh. We got a 46 total or 45 and a half total here. Mason Rudolph may be the quarterback. We don't know about Big Ben. Still up in the air whether he ends up playing this week. They might hold him back just because, I mean, they don't really need to win this game, and it's not going to be a tough to win game even if he is out here. But Mason Rudolph could be sitting there at 4.1K. We see how bad he is, but he's got weapons. This is the Cincinnati defense that's really not great. Are you looking at any Pittsburgh players without Ben or with Ben? If, uh, if Ben's out for this game, I'd probably exit off of my player pool. I just, I just don't see how this game reaches a ceiling without Roethlisberger at quarterback. Yeah, you're right. Mason Rodolph, he's like 4,100 at quarterback. We, we have quarterbacks that put up 30-plus points. Like, you're not winning a GPP with Mason Rodolph sitting there with 16 points in a little, little vomit stack there. Uh, and I don't care what his weapons are. I just don't know if he can take advantage of them. And it's a low enough total as it is. So, like, if Ben is in, I don't mind. Deontay Johnson at 5,200, okay. Let's let's take a one off of him. Uh, if uh, if Connor, I can take a shot at, but like I don't I don't buy into the notion that if Mason Rudolph starts, that oh now they're just going to feed Connor because they don't trust Rudolph. Well, I mean, the, just the offense as a whole is going to be much less effective, and to pay sixty nine hundred for Connor and a less effective offense that we have so many other running backs on this slate to play that don't I don't necessarily need to reach for Connor at sixty nine hundred. And then on the other side, they're, they're playing, the Bengals are playing the Steelers' defense. Sure, weird things could happen, right? Mixon, if he's back, Boyd, Green, all these guys, they could. But I, it seems like the type of game that unless Roethlisberger starts, like I, 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 may, I may end up with no one in this game in my entire play. So what if Roethlisberger is out or Roethlisberger is in and Juju ends up missing? I didn't know Juju was at, at out for missing. Uh, I, I don't think it's a whole lot, but he did not practice today. I'm going to look it up right now. It's a Wednesday. Who cares about practice on Wednesday? We're, I'll be like Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. Yeah, practice. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to give everyone uh, the information that we got right now and just kind of go through every possible scenario because it's, it's Wednesday. We don't I know what's going to happen. I Wednesdays off all the time. No one, no, one, no one has any doubts about what I'm doing. Yeah, well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I don't know. If Juju ends up missing or if Roethlisberger ends up playing, I could see Deontay Johnson being a potential play. Like, we've seen so many 10-target games out of him. Or if he goes for a touchdown here, he could end up with a crushing value. Or we could see him get injured, what, 10 plays into the game, like has happened in half the games. But, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not terribly interested in anything here. Mixon would be a guy that I'd be interested in if we didn't have other running backs available and if he weren't 6.1K and if it weren't Pittsburgh. So way too many things working against him there. I don't think he ends up getting there. But it's a divisional game. I could see this game end up being close. But I think most of my interest is kind of on Rudolph and Johnson. And it's entirely based on a whole lot of different things and Rudolph's price. But man, that's you played paid. Gilbert last week. You didn't learn your lesson? Yeah. Gilbert was playing on a team with an 18 implied team total. Rudolph will be playing on a team with a 26 implied team total. Okay. Okay. I got. I. I, I got to give you. A, at least it's better than Gilbert. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I'm still, I'm still. No, bet no, on the props. Me. Go bet on the props instead of rostering them. Do oh, if the, if the total stays this high, we'll, we'll be betting on Mason Rudolph props. That is, that is for sure. Um, I can't remember the morning grind game, but we'll do. I'll do the best I can. Uh, give me a quarterback outside of the top five to go for over 300 yards. Outside of the top five, because I never prepare for these, even with Stevie. Yeah, I, I, outside I of the top, what's what's considered the top five? Top five salaries, so pretty oh, much. top five salaries. I'll say anything other than the Rams. Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'll, I know what I, what I got. I got Tom Brady. All right, Tom Brady. I like that. I am going to go with Derek Carr. Yeah, uh, give me a running back outside of the top five and projected low on running back to score a touchdown. Low-owned running. Uh, Josh Jacobs. I'm assuming he's going to be low enough owned. Yeah, yeah, you stole my guy. I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. Um, give me a wide receiver to get 10-plus targets. 10-plus targets. That, that's obviously not in the – I can't say Devontae Adams. I right? think you can – yeah, I think you can say anyone outside of Devontae Adams. Or out of any – I mean, that <laughs> Stephon Diggs. I mean, you make it to – how about any, anyone underneath uh, 6K? That's going to get 10. You can honestly go underneath 7K because Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas are over 7K. That's right. Okay. So, I mean, but I mean, then you got McLaurin there. I'm assuming McLaurin's there. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, let's see. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson. Um, That's not, that's above 6K. Well, you tried to make this uh, fine. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Okay, that's my that now I feel like we're we have an even even because that's that's pretty good. All right, low owned quarterback wide receiver for a touchdown. Didn't we Cor- just do this? It feels like we just wide receiver it. stack. I don't I don't know. Low low owned wide receiver and uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be. I don't even know who's low owned. Uh, uh t- Tua to Devontae Parker. Yeah, you stole the one that I was gonna go with. I'm gonna go. Bridgewater to. Uh, DJ Moore, because um, he's obviously going to. Last one that we'll go with, uh, defense to score a touchdown. Oh, really? Oh, oh, defense to score a touchdown? Yeah, no, you don't. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty this easy. Is, this Most... is just a, I just, a, I mean, obviously I could just close my eyes and just see what the, what the hell that could be. But, I mean, against, uh, let's see. The Packers are horrible. I don't, I don't know about that. Defense to score a touchdown. If well, it depends if Rudolph plays because maybe I think they think they take the Bengals. Uh, who could it possibly be? I'm going with the Rams. You're going with the oh against Russell Wilson? Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you want to take that, uh, uh, no, I'll I'll hedge I'll hedge my bet against the uh, the the cheap stacks that I may be using. I'm going to take the Raiders against Drew Locke. I like that move there. All right, Blender, it's been fun. Guys, we'll be back again on Sunday uh, for the lineup review show that like we did this week. Stevie will still be out. And then on Friday, I think me and Dean are going to be doing a sports betting breakdown, how to take advantage of free bets, promos, all that stuff. If you live in a legal state, it's something you're going to absolutely want to listen to. It'll give you all the little edges. Are you telling me I don't live in a legal state? I thought Kentucky's legal. Am I? Am I... Am I in some rogue, rogue like wasteland that isn't uh, governable by the U.S. government? I didn't say that you didn't. I I think you should listen to it. 
I live oh, in Colorado. I'm in a legal state, but I can't, I can't bet legally. I think that's what you meant. I can't, I'm, I'm in a legal I made legal votes, by the way. I made a legal vote in a legal state. I just can't legally wager on sports. Yeah, yeah, no, I, well, legally could be talking about the marijuana plant too. That's, that's also something, but this, I'm talking about sports betting, a regulated sports betting state. Absolutely fantastic thing to listen to. I hope so. I haven't recorded yet, but I assume that I'm a genius because I spend way too much time <laughs> taking advantage of every single prop and promo I can put. I've got, I've got so much money on the Masters because, and I don't know that much about golf. Like, I just know enough, but I know all the promos out there. They're just throwing money. So great thing to listen to. Check it out. I think it'll be up Friday morning, but it's been fun, Blender. I'll see you again on Sunday night, Monday morning, whenever we record that. Thanks for joining me, buddy. No problem. All right, kids, we're out of here. See ya.